Live at Night. Every Monday on Live at Night, exclusive to 5FM, with myself, Smash Africa, we have something called Trending Chat, and we invite a few people um, uh, who are regarded as experts in the field or people who work in the field. And uh, around this topic, I have... Um, decided uh, to bring on and extend an invitation to Jamil Khan, who's a researcher, columnist, uh, as well as someone, uh, free thinker, if you like, not scared to share his views and opinions on social media, especially when it comes uh, up to speaking for justice and the injustices that many have seen. And he's joining us on the line to talk about if social media activism is uh, in fact working and how it has been effective over the years. Jamil, thank you so much for your time um, uh, and agreeing to do this chat. How are you this evening? I'm good, Smash. How are you? I'm okay, man. But man, there's a lot happening in the world. So I think okay is the best answer right now. <laughs> yeah. Many activists have taken advantage of the platforms that are there on the internet, specifically social media, uh, mm -hmm. to garner support for their, for their courses or for the injustice that happens in and mm -hmm. around us. Now I want to know, man, and you have been on social media for a while, mm -hmm. how effective is social media activism and when it comes to actually getting work done, the action, you know, um, does it work or is it just getting people's attention? Well, you know, I think it depends on what you want to do. Um, and so, I mean, first of all, let me say that social media activism, as it is termed that way, is never divorced from, from other forms of activism. People who are on social media doing activism, you know, sharing uh, it's raising awareness about issues and sharing information about things. Those those instances that one sees on social media is not separate from doing work in communities, um, whether it be with um, you know uh, impoverished communities, whether it be with women, whether it be with queer people. Um, so so I think we must we must understand always that social media forms but one part of a much larger project of activism that's always going on. And the one feeds into the other, and it's never really separate from, from, from each other. But like I say, it depends on what you want to do. And if the purpose of going on social media and sharing information and sort of sparking people's thoughts and at least getting, I don't know, a few people to think a little bit more deeply about what's going on around them, um, then if that's the purpose that it serves, then it, then it is effective. But I think, like, it's discredited as, as, as social media activism or mm. put it in its own box because mm. the concept that you are behind a computer screen yeah. or you are on your phone, the work is done in the streets. And we have seen, like, how, you know, people who have Twitter fingers who don't mm. necessarily have much experience and expertise on subject are quick to be the first ones to talk. I think that is why it's been positioned like that and we are having mm. it 
or we're at least having this conversation, not to undermine the fact that as an activist, you're still an activist outside of mm. social media. Yeah. Now, with me saying that, what do you think activists primarily get wrong in getting the message of activism across the various social media platforms and you'd find someone who has figured the art of social media can activate people differently from the real activists, you know? So how do we speak to that, Jamil? I mean, I think, I think maybe two things. And again, I don't, I don't, I don't like to term things as being done, you know, wrong or right, because people, people do things for different reasons and the, and the, the objectives that they would like to achieve are different. But possibly, you know, what can happen on social media is that one, whether you like it or not, when you, when you reach a certain level of visibility or your voice gets a certain level of uh, credibility, um, people turn you into a celebrity whether you want it or not. Um, mm. And it's, it's very easy to, um, to fall into the trap of, of believing your own hype um, and then also sort of being emboldened and, and encouraged by that sort of, I don't know, the echo chamber and the, the, the mob, if you will. You know, it's, it's, very, it's very easy to get caught up in something when, when you feel like people are always on your side. So to be aware of that, because it, it really is a trap and a pitfall that one can end, you can end up being then on the wrong side of the mob in the end. So don't buy into it and also look, I mean, look around you. If, if, if people are, are, are sort of, you know, not holding you accountable and also sort of pointing out to you your own mistakes and flaws, then there's something wrong with the way in which you're, you're interacting. Um, but then also, um, sometimes we feel like we, we would like to change each and every person's mind. And unfortunately, when it comes to social media, we must remember that there are also people who, um, who have made it their sole mission to set up accounts to try and derail and try and bring people down and try and knock people off the high horse and all of these things. And there are actually people who, who start accounts for the very purpose of being anti-social justice. And with those kinds of accounts, you're not going to get anywhere. So you can spend a lot of time. And now we have this thing called social media, which to me is just yet another accompaniment, you know, to... Um, to that, to this kind of protest, and also governments and you know people in power are tuned into this thing, um, so so it's seen and it's heard, and a lot of a lot of protesting, um, or at least the the, the 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 start of a protest or the 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 organizing of a protest has actually started on social media and then translated into a protest that was a march towards uh, union buildings or parliament or something like that. So, um, so it's it's not to say that um, that it's not it's not it's not effective or that it doesn't have a place. I think what we need to understand is that it. It is it is one form of um, it's a platform that gives people access 
to information, and that in itself is a very important part of protest and and, and starting um, protests. Yeah, I think what you like you hit it on the nail by saying it's starting a conversation, mm. and depending on where you are, um, you might be forced to engage because yeah. you are tagged and your position, yeah. or because it's trending, and then perhaps it will lead to the next. But it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting how we are viewing this, man. And like you said, there are so many um, uh, we, we saw of um, the Arab Spring. Yeah. It all started on social media. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, and you also just look at what is currently happening now. Yeah. Uh, recently, of late, we had Black Tuesday. Mm. Even though it was started by the, by the big record labels in terms yeah. of the initiative of blacking out. Yeah. What was your take on that? Because it was seen as the big corporations partaking in real human life realities that they don't usually want to be associated with, at least. Yeah. Well, so, so I think the, and this is the other thing also, you know, and the way in which we must Jamil, allow sorry, to, sorry, yeah. sorry, 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 sorry. I'm going to let you hold that thought. i got to take a right. quick break. Um, yeah, the time is just telling me, like, quick break. But I'll let okay. you finish your answer just now. Please hold the All line right. for me. Live at Night is the name of the show. I am your host, Smash Africa for the Babies. Thank you so much for choosing us as your companion. Over the past decade, social media has become... Uh, so powerful and so prevalent in our society when you feel um, it's important to stand up against injustices. It has been used as a tool to garner um, uh, as many people across the globe to know about uh, many things, which leads to protest, which leads to campaigns, which also leads to reform. Now, uh, Jamil Khan, researcher and columnist, um, um, was on the line with me earlier on. We had to take a quick break. And I left him with this question, um, uh, touching on Black Tuesday two weeks ago, and uh, what's his take on it when big corporations take part on, uh, like, something we could say, if it weren't for social media, I don't think uh, Black Lives Matter, the movement itself, would have been where it is. In spite of knowing what America has been going through for the past 400 years. So, Jamil, I'd like to know your, your, your take on Black Tuesday and the participation of um, multinationals taking part in, in some of the hashtags or the activism that takes place on social. Yeah, so, so I think that, that campaign, again, was, was one example of trying to make a symbolic statement that speaks to a broader message, right? So, and unfortunately, also later on, it came to light that the the, the optics of the of the campaign ended up sort of blocking out information and 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 and, and other kinds of of activism that then people start people started being discouraged from doing it. But when it comes to corporates, I mean, yeah, it's it's all good and well to to get involved in a campaign like that, but that is where power sits, and that is where resources and money sit. So beyond posting a black square on Instagram and, and, and saying we support Black Lives Matter, they have to put in the resources. These fights do not run themselves. They need money. They need supplies. They need help. 
So my take on that is great if you want to get involved, but open your purse and put your money where your mouth is because these things need money. Yeah, especially if you're in a position of power. Because yeah. positions of power means you've got access to money. Yeah. And you know where I come from? Money talks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamil, thank you so much uh, for sharing. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate your opinion and views on the subject. No problem. Thank you for having me. Now it's time for me to move on to my other guest, uh, Jamie Mighty, activist and commentator. Jamie, thank you so much for holding the line and being a part of this conversation. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. How do activists make sure that their message is not lost as followers share it? Just taking off from the Black Tuesday situation, you know? I'm just going to tell you, like, what I thought about it. <laughs> I was like, Black pictures? We're not going to see anything. You know what I mean? But, mm. like, people ended up not thinking about it like I thought about it. And then we saw we, we didn't see much. What's your take on that? Because it, it kind of feels like we lost the message a little bit. Well, I think that the answer to the question is probably that we need to always be clear what the overall agenda is across the movement. So you're absolutely right. The Instagram phenomenon of blacking out squares did black out the content. And that's part of the reason why Instagram preferred it, because they like to have an aesthetic and they were concerned that seeing footage of police brutality is not kind of what Instagram is for, you know, because Instagram is supposed to be for fashion, lighthearted moments, and this high glam life. So they try to find a high glam way of being part of the movement without necessarily sharing in the pain of the movement. So I think if you compare it to Fismas 4, Fismas 4 was fundamentally about opening access for students to enter universities but also it was about the decolonization of universities. But mm. in just focusing on the hashtag, a lot of that analysis was lost. So sometimes it's important to go beyond the moment and actually make sure that there's a consistency of understanding. So if we're talking about Black Lives Matter in the American context, we're talking about uh, systemic uh, police brutality, but we're also talking about the prison industrial complex and white supremacy. If you lose focus of those three things, it doesn't matter that you're retweeting the hashtag because you've lost focus of what the fight is actually about. If you're looking at mm. Africa, Black Lives Matter is actually about standing in solidarity with the people of Zimbabwe who are being oppressed mm. by a military regime there and are being killed in broad daylight by the police, by the army. And there's video footage of that. So, you know, Black Lives Matter is not just about American issues. Right here in Africa... We have people being killed in the DRC. We have people being killed in Burundi. We have people being killed in Zimbabwe. Like just last week, we saw a massive amount of police brutality where opposition leaders were being intimidated, where they were kicked out of their political headquarters by the army, by the police. So I think from an African perspective, we mustn't get caught up in the American media hype to the extent where we forget about Collins Causa, to the extent where we forget about the brutality that is happening next door in Zimbabwe, to the extent we forget about what's happening in Burundi. Because if we do that, then we're just 
watching an American movie and getting overexcited like it's Black Panther, but not really actually absorbing the core message about it, which is let's fight to make sure that black lives are treated with dignity wherever they are. Jamie, now I want to touch on this one now because it's interesting that you that you mention how holistically we are looking at the black person from a south from an african and a south african context of things we are speaking specifically to social media we know access to to data is not something that's readily available so access to data is not what you can just find um in in countries like cameroon uh, where it's a francophone country, they have shut down the internet in the English uh, regions because they were protesting against the francophone government, you know. Um, and the fact that you mentioned um, how, how we can get caught up in the hype and the source, how do you now tell someone who's on social media who wants to be a part of something um, to fixing it to being part of a protest and not being part of a, the source? How do they remove themselves? Because it sounds like to me, like you have figured out like, nah, this is noise. This is not what the message is about. We're getting distracted now. We're losing focus. How does the, 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 the person at home use the logic that you just shared in their real life, considering limited to access in certain areas? Yeah, you're absolutely right that um, access to data is a challenge. You're absolutely right that in certain countries, even access to social media platforms where free discussion can be had is also a challenge. And when you're asking, I mean, but you know what? The funny thing is that people, even if they're not on the Internet seven days a week, sometimes young people will be on the Internet one or two days. Sometimes they'll walk to the KFC and get that 250 megabytes now that uh, things are reopening maybe people will be able to start doing that again, you know, going to the malls to try to access internet. But obviously there's a large conversation around making sure that young people have access to the platforms where this discourse happens. But if you're looking at a South African context in terms of what is the directed action we need to take, you know, the EFF did something interesting by going to protest at the American embassy, you know, by taking the knee there. And that does send a strong symbolic message. Mm. But I think... A stronger message would actually be to go to the offices of Derko, to go to the union buildings. Because guess what? Cyril Ramaphosa, the president, is currently sitting in two strategic positions. Number one is the chairperson of the African Union, which means that he can set the continental agenda around making sure that black lives actually do matter here, whether it's Cameroon, Zimbabwe, Burundi, or the DRC. That's number one. Number two, South Africa actually is sitting on the UN Security Council in the rotating seat. So it's such mm. a neat alignment. You know, Malcolm X used to say that the issue of black systemic oppression is an issue of human rights, not just race. That means mm. that it needs to be dealt with at a UN and a AU level, right? And that's why he was advocating for the organization of Afro-American unity to try to make sure that African-Americans would work with Africa to put those issues on the agenda of the of the UN and of the Security Council. Why? To make sure that the relevant global recognition was given to the issue so that it's not just left to you and me. So if we're thinking, how can we be strategic? We have 
a president who follows social media, who pays attention to it. He was actually coerced by us to apologize for Collins Cosa because he was acting like he didn't see it. At the beginning, it was all, you know, everyone was acting like they were Stevie Wonder to the issues within the administration. But when this Black Lives Matter movement happened, people said, hey, what about Collins Cosa and all of the other people who've been killed uh, by the army and the police during the lockdown? Then the president finally acknowledged that name and finally apologized. Right? And we're going to see if there's going to be real justice. But that same strategy that got him to take that little step can be used to make him take further steps. Because when you have the chairperson of the AU in your country, where we do have more access to social media than the average person, why not say to the man, listen, what are we doing about Cameroon right there, where the army has conceded mm. to killing people, right, because they, they were fi- fighting for equal rights so that the, the Anglophones can have the same rights as the Francophones? What are you doing about the oppression that is happening in the dictatorial military regime called Zimbabwe, which, by the way, if we keep ignoring keeps leading to people running into this country because they are running away from oppression in the first instance and they're running away from starvation in the second instance. You know, if we think about it from a human level, from a dignity level, if the government is trying to kill you and trying to starve you, they're going to try to run away from that kind of a situation. So if, even, mm. if you, even if you don't like the presence of foreigners in this country, it's in our interest collectively to make sure that we can fix the thing that is pushing them away from their homes, from their heritage, from their families and friends to come and live in a different land, right? So if, however you look at it, however you slice it, it's important for us to make sure that the dignity of our African counterparts is secured. Oh, man. And last but not least, I can only imagine the hardship of being an activist, um, just being a part of a conversation or a trend on social media and having to actually um, get people to actually do the work on the ground. How have you done the work on the ground and made sure that you block out the noise? Because the naysayers say social media does not work. It's going to be short-lived. Two weeks from now, we would have forgotten about it. What do you say to those people, Jamie? Well, I think that the reality is that social media has its role. You know, sometimes we dismiss it um, too, too easily because we act as if everyone is a bot on the Internet and it's not real people behind those cell phones, laptops, and tablets when we know that it is. You know, the, um, what is this? the Arab Spring was driven by social media Several moments have been driven and amplified by social media. We know that social media has a role to play in discourse and in organizing. So I don't think that it's um, entirely correct to say that it has no use. However, sometimes the campaigns end on social media. You know, people retweet and they think that they've done something special. You remember that Stop Coney campaign of, uh, was it 2012 or something like that? where everyone was retweeting that they're going to stop Coney, but nothing happened on the ground to stop Coney. And then we had the Bring Back Our Girls campaign where everyone was retweeting, but Boko Haram didn't send back the girls. So what needs to be done is that social media discourse has to be connected to real-world actions. So if you look at the women's protests last year in South Africa, they were organized on social media, but then the women then went to the union buildings and held the president to account. That's social media plus action. So you organize on social media, you act in the real world. If you do those kind of things, you'll find that social media actually is a powerful tool 
for discussing, educating, advocating, and organizing for real-world action. So sometimes social media fails, but sometimes it can be successful. It's all about how that energy is channeled. Dada, I appreciate your energy, and I appreciate your bars. Jamie Mighty. Thanks so much, guys. Live at night.